All right, man, there you got it. Some brand new music from Savoy Brown. You know, I was lucky enough to be able to interview a band leader a couple of years ago that may have been uh, the most influential artist when it comes to the musical direction I leaned towards back in my teens. For years, Kim Simmons and Savoy Brown was the go-to band, usually playing in uh, my little old 8-track back then. And always in the background, whenever there was a, a memorable moment or a life-changing event, beginning in my teens back 50-plus years ago. Sadly, on December 13th, 2022, Kim Simmons passed away after a long struggle with cancer in Syracuse, New York. And uh, throughout the years, there have been many variations of Savoy Brown when it comes to band members and the music they created together. I believe the best of the best can be found at the beginning and at the end of Savoy Brown's recordings. And today, my featured artist is a big part of Savoy Brown's latest and greatest releases to date. I am glad to uh, welcome to Highway Blues, Pat DeSalvo. For the the last 12-plus years, he has been delivering the driving bass line for Savoy Brown. Pat, I want to thank you for taking the time, being with me this afternoon, and uh, being this week's featured artist. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. Uh, the board was yeah. uh, playing a trick on me, but we got you. So uh, okay. thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it, Al. Thank you. You know, uh, if you don't mind, before we uh, get into your time with uh, Savoy Brown, can we focus on you for for a bit? There's a there's not a lot online to be found on you, so why don't you uh, open the door for my listeners and let them get a peek into your career? Let's, uh, let's start with... Uh, what bands got your interest and fired up your desire to play music? And uh, how was it the bass became your instrument of choice? Well, I had a cousin that taught guitar. And he actually had a son, Rikua, who wound up being in the Outlaws eventually. But uh, my parents were trying to steer me somewhere so I, I could focus. So I, I started taking guitar lessons. And... Um, at a very young age, I was 11 or 12 years old. And um, really the music I was listening to was bad pop music. And then as I grew up, I started listening to, I, I found the blues, exactly, is what happened. And, you know, I, I um, uh, had friends at school and they turned me on to uh, Savoy, 10 years after, Humble Pie. Uh, I always listened to the early Stones music and the uh, the Animals. Actually, one of the first records I bought was Animal Tracks. And uh, I wound up meeting Eric Burton at a show one time. We were playing, and I told him I had the record, Al, and he goes, why don't you bring it out and I'll sign it. And I, and I looked at him and said, I didn't think I would wind up being in the same room with you, just me and you <laughs> talking like this. So I, I, I unfortunately didn't have the record with me, and God knows where it is right now. But... Uh, I started listening to a lot of types of music young. I got into jazz. Um, I would listen to Frank Zappa and uh, a lot of progressive rock bands. But I always kept gravitating back to roots rock. And um, that's why I decided to play. Uh, and I play acoustic bass, too. I actually went to the Philadelphia Music Academy and studied there and the University of Buffalo. And... Uh, that's basically it. I got to play with some cool people like Chuck Berry. That 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 was one that was uh, 
on the bucket list, and luckily I got to do some work with him. And then I played uh, in Syracuse. I did a lot of a lot of acts would come in town, and I got to play with the Downchild Blues Band, and I got to play with Gary Primich a couple of times. And I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. I did Sugar Ray Nortega. And we did we did these. Um, I had a small record label with a friend of mine, and we and we would do these heart blow off CDs, and that's how that all came about. So uh, when was it you decided you wanted to go professional and make a living making music? I mean, how did that come actually, about? Actually, I started playing in bars when I was 15 years old, and I was playing five nights a week in high school, and uh, I thought, wow, this is great. You know, there's girls there, you know, it's a fun place to be. And uh, I just started playing all the time after that. And then when I did go to college, I still was playing, you know, three or four nights a week in college. So um, I've always played. And then uh, I was at the Philadelphia Music Academy and was talking to my teacher. And he goes, what do you really want to do? And I go, I'm 20 or 21 years old at that point. I go, I don't know. I'm completely confused. Because you really want to be playing old people's music? And I go, no, not really. So I, I got on a, I, I got a gig with a road band, and we went to the Midwest, and then we wound up in Florida, and then I wound up on a cruise ship, like several of them, for a couple months, and then I wound up in Puerto Rico, of all places. And I lived down there, and I had a, a gig at the San Juan Hotel. And I did that. It was like a big band. Everybody, all the horn players were either with uh, Maynard Ferguson or um, I'm trying to think of the bands, uh, uh, Buddy Rich Band, Stan Ketton Band, all these guys that played with all these big bands. So I got to do that and then, uh, you know, decided to move on from that and uh, came back home and I put road bands together and we go out, play five, six nights a week. You could just be on the road and just play. Now, I see you've been, man, you've been recording since the 80s, and, and I'm looking at uh, your discography that you're you're involved in, and and one of them really stood out to me. I mean, of, of course, you were with Kim Simmons uh, with Blues Like Midnight back in mm-hmm. 2001, great acoustic right. release, but, but it was Jimmy Cavella. Man, when yeah. I seen that you were playing stand-up bass on You Better Believe It, because back in... 2006, I considered that one of the best albums to come out, period, oh, that thank year. You. You yeah, know? that was that was actually, Kim engineered that. We did that at Kim's studio. And um, that's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I did a lot of records, a lot of Martin aren't in print anymore, unfortunately. You know, we would do, um, do an album, put it out, nothing happened, and never got reissued. <laughs> it's, it's gone somewhere, but... Uh, yeah, I um, the, I did I did another record with Jimmy too. I actually did two with uh, on Blue Wave Records with him. Yeah, Struck by Lightning. Yes. Oh, no, yeah. no, the House Rocker. That was it. House Rockers. It? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I did do Strike Struck by Lightning. Yeah, I, I met him. I was playing in a band, and uh, the singer had just got off doing a Van Halen tour, and the guitar player was Meatloaf's guitar player, and they put this band together, and I wound up in that, and we did. We did several albums together. And then Kim came out to a show one time. And I went up to him and I go, are you Kim Simmons? He goes, yeah. And we started talking. And that was in 88, I think. And that started a relationship up. And what had happened is, you know, we just became friends and we would talk every once in a while. 
occasionally go out and get a cup of coffee. And, and then um, he needed someone to do it. He wanted some to add something to his next uh, 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 solo album, his acoustic records he was doing. So Al, he had me and, ironically, Garnett both got in and recorded with him. And then we did another record, or I did another record with him. And then we started doing, we did a few shows, acoustic shows, where Kim would play acoustic, Garnett would play drums, and I would play upright bass. And um, we, did, we did a show, we opened up Pat Travers acoustically. Uh, that was oh man! Yeah, I know. He was a character. He actually looked at me. He goes, "Hey, can you tune my guitar for me?" And I go, "I looked at him. And went, yeah, sure." And it's another thing Chuck Berry did when I played with him. He looked at me. He goes, "I don't normally do this, but might tune my guitar for me." And at first, I was going like, and I said, "Yeah, of course, Mr. Berry, I would gladly tune your guitar for you." Am I on candid camera? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like it was funny. And then it was, and he looked at me. He goes, he would go, put everything on ten. This was Chuck Perry. Put everything on ten. I thought that was hysterical. It's like a spinal tap moment. But uh yeah, anyway, so I met Kim, developed this relationship. I wound up doing some records with him. Then he he played on a record of the band I was in. It was in this band called the Backsliders. And we put out several records and um Kim did me a favor and he came up and he uh he, he played on a couple tracks. And then Jerry is bass player, a real good bass player, and a really nice guy. He got very sick. And Kim had called me up and he said, can you come? They were playing this blues fest near my hometown. Can you come over and and uh, just be there on the side in case something happens? He goes, I don't know what's going on with Jerry. And Jerry wound up having a uh, quadruple bypass oh, wow. two days later. Yeah. He, he looked like he was the pitcher of health. That was the thing. So then uh, Kim uh, had asked me, he goes, I need a bass player. Can you go on the road? You know, just to do these dates till I figure out what I'm going to do. And uh, I wound up first saying no because I I didn't want to, I didn't want to go on the road and, and go play unless I could do a good job. I told him. So he uh, he got some other guy and they got had commitment. So he came back to me. So I asked Garnett. I go, can we? Can you go up with me and rehearse? And you know, because the drummer was drummer he had was in uh, New York City. Long Island, to be exact. So, Garnett came up. He learned Kim's whole set, and we practiced a couple times. I went on the road. It went very well. And when we got off the plane, Kim goes, can you do this full-time with me? And I said, well, I got my day job. I have an IT job. I got a family. I got young kids. But I talked to everybody, and everyone said, yeah, well, we're going to try to make it work. And they did. And for... You know, since 2009 till, you know, last year, I, I played bass with them. And, and uh, uh, I mentioned in your... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead, sir. Yeah, I, I was just saying that I mentioned in the uh, introduction that uh, I felt some of the uh, the latest work was actually some of the best that, that uh, Kim and, and uh, Savoy Brown put together. I mean, we're talking uh, Wishy Feeling back in 2017 and City Night and ain't done yet, man. All mm -hmm. of those are top shelf releases, and uh, man, you got to be proud about that. You know, being part yeah, of those. I am. You know, I st we did the first record I did with him was Voodoo Moon, and then we did Songs from the Road, which is a DVD that we did when we were in Europe, and then we did a couple live things. But those last studio albums, uh, there's a guy Ben Elliott, and Ben, 
uh, Bill Keith Richards' studio, and mm-hmm. he had done some records with Keith Richards, but he also, he worked with Pat Martino, the jazz guy, who worked with Leslie West, who worked with Peter Green, he worked with all the guitar players. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., he remastered one of his records. He just had quite the track record. Unfortunately, he passed away after Ain't Done Yet. And what a heartbreaker, man. Ben Elliott's board work, I mean, was obvious throughout these releases. I mean, what was that? Uh, American... uh, American Showplace. Showplace, yeah, yeah. American Showplace. Man, I tell you what, that guy, I've known him for a long time. I've featured a lot of his artists that he's recorded. And uh, absolutely, what a loss to the industry. I know. And he was a great guy to work with because he... He would get the most out of you, and between him and Cam, it was just, it really was, it was a lot of fun, and all those records, I appreciate it. All those records did well. You know, the thing is, we weren't we're that big on the social media thing. We never were really great with that, and um, and Kim wasn't out touring. You know, he just didn't want to tour. He had done it for so long, he just wanted to pick his dates, play the shows, and that's what we did. So... The band could have been more visible is what I'm getting to. But, it, you know, we did what we did, and it, everything worked really well. And I think the reason the records were so strong at the end was Kim had something in to prove to himself, because that's the way he was. And there was a chemistry with the three of us. People go, how'd you guys last so long with the band? And I go, like, it was a, we both knew him before we got in the band. And he knew us. He knew our families. And the other thing was we really respected each other, you know, and there was there was just a chemistry. We could hang out and talk and for hours. We'd be in the car driving back from Chicago and we'd just be talking. And talking. <laughs> it, just, it was kind of funny. We'd never listened to the radio in the uh in the uh in the in the van. It just it never went on. And we just would hang out and talk about stuff and it was it was really good. It was very cathartic. You know, every time I was lucky enough to get a little standing time with uh, with uh, Kim and and talk to him, he just seemed like such a gentle soul. I mean, he just just one of the softest spoken, uh, nicest guys in the blues I've ever met. You know, and uh, well, and, he started. Well, he started so young. He he had his band at sixteen. Uh, he really, you know, got his first record deal like when he was 17 or 18. He was on, I forgot what label it was on, I think Parrot. Then he went to London Records. Um, actually, when he got, went to London Records that day, they signed the Stones, John Mayall, and him. And it was like a big deal back then because all, all those people were do- doing incredibly well, you know, the Rolling Stones, obviously. But, um, yeah, he was a pretty laid-back guy. He, you never, he never would talk about being a musician to people. If he met a stranger, he would just, he just never talked about it, you know? You would have to pry things out of him. And being on the road, <laughs> we've, I heard a lot of stories, a lot of road stories. It was pretty, it was pretty, he, had a, he had a very colorful life, I'll put it that way. So tell us about this new release that's just come out. I mean, it's, you got new people working behind the board. You recorded mm-hmm. it in a completely different studio. This is some of the last work. And, and sadly, Kim knew this was going to be his last work. And how did that go? I mean, was that very difficult to go through? Yeah, it was, and you you know, you hit on this. I'm glad you, you brought all that up because a lot of people, someone asked me what, what was different from this and the last record, and you hit on everything. It was a different studio, different engineer, 
we recorded it completely different. Kim would constantly send demos. Actually, I have a whole bunch of demos that he had sent me, and I still really haven't listened to them, and I knew we weren't gonna be able to do them. And till the very end, he was going like, I'm gonna do another record. This is gonna be on our next record. And it, it got to a point where I think he started realizing this isn't gonna happen, but he still, he still pushed for that. Actually, uh, I think a week before he passed, he had texted me, what do you think of this for the single releases, you know? And I, and I, cause I would text him, he wasn't getting back to me. I believe he was in a coma on and off. And unfortunately, in New York, with the COVID restrictions, only one person could go in and see him. And if they left, they couldn't go back and nobody else could go in. So his, really his wife was up there all the time. His own daughter couldn't go and see him. Because so I said, I'm going to come up. And he goes, no, you can't come up. And I was first I was like, well, what was that? He goes, I can't talk to you right now. And he hung up on me. That was my last conversation with him. Oh, wow. But um, what I've, I found this out through his wife, you know, I said, geez, I want to go see him. And she told me what was going on. I said, oh, okay, I understand completely now. So, so what do you think of this uh, but, final release but, as a whole? Pardon me, sir? Uh, so so uh, tell me, Pat, what do you think of this final release as a, as a total project? Well, 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 yeah, I was, I'm, I'm kind of trying to tie this all in together. I'm sorry, I'm wandering a little bit. Well, he, um, he, these were demos, and we just learned them and came up with ideas, and we had played together so long, me, Garnett, and Kim. We went in the studio. We didn't get to rehearse. We hadn't seen each other in almost a year, and we just started playing, and it all just came together. And we did 14 tracks in a day, me and Garnett. Kim came into the next day because he was in the hospital that day, uh, the first day. He was at the Roswell Center Cancer Institute. They were going to try some some type of procedure on him, which never happened. So he came in. He liked everything. And the only the only song we changed, uh, you know, was uh, California Days Gone By. We came up with a whole different idea for that, me and Garnett. And Kim liked it, and, and he went with it. And which was a lot, he did, he did that a lot with us. He he gave us, you know, he had an idea of Blueprint Al, but he would also go, okay, I got a vision. This is what I want it to sound like. So he would normally, you know, give us ideas and then we would take it and then we would just play. I'm happy with it. First, I, w I didn't think it was going to, I didn't know what was going to happen with this, how it was going to sound. And even after we did it in the studio, I was, you know, I was going like, I'm wondering what, is this really good, you know? And you try to put your emotions aside. But I, I gave it some time, and I finally listened to it right before we started doing right before it came out. And I was going, you know what? It does sound good, and it's a great statement. And he, it, it was so cool. He had that. He's got that intro with just him in the beginning, and then he goes out with it, and it's like perfect, you know. He started the band, him, and he left the band, him, you know. And then he gave you, during the record, there's just different types of blues that he liked, and he's paying homage to people like Peter Green, Bobby Blue Band, you know, the people he listened to, Freddie King, you know. So he, he, he really did a great job on the record, i got to be honest with you. There's a ton of demos left, too. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to do anything with them without him actually there guiding it. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, there's a, a lot more I want to talk to you about. Normally, 
I'm playing the last track right now, saying goodbye. Mm. And but uh, hey, if you don't mind, would you stick around after the break? Maybe we'll carry sure. this conversation on a little sure. bit longer. Uh, yeah, we've got was... about two minutes to the break. Uh, I was thinking, you know, I, I I'm kind of curious what uh, is in the future for Savoy Brown, especially since you've got all these other demos. If there's a possibility, maybe uh, sometime on down the line. You know, you might uh, be able to uh, do something else and put another track uh, release out here in a, in a year or two, or or what the plan is exactly for Savoy Brown. We want to talk about that when we come back. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, uh, if y'all just tuning in, I got the privilege of uh, speaking with uh, Pat DeSalvo. Uh, he's been the uh, bass player with Savoy Brown and Kim Simmons, and. Uh, and uh, Garnett joined uh, joined him. I never did mention that he he joined uh, the band in 2009 as well. And uh, we want to talk about this uh, you know power trio that has certainly been uh, putting out some powerful music here in the last dozen years. All right, well Pat, stick with me. Uh, I got a little top of the hour stuff to do, and I'll be right back. Okay. Okay, sir. All right, everybody, if you just tuned in, uh, we have got a featured artist from uh, Savoy Brown, uh, Pat DeSalvo, bass player with us today. And, Pat, as I mentioned here, we're kind of curious, you know, with the loss of Kim Simmons, uh, I'm kind of intrigued knowing that you've got this extra music laying around and uh, just kind of curious, what's the future for Savoy Brown? Well, without Kim, I I, I I personally don't see it going on, but you you never know. Uh, me and Garnett are playing with label mate uh, Sean Chambers. I was going to ask you about that. One <laughs> of my favorite people in the blues as well. He's a sweetheart, isn't he? He's a great guy, man. He is. Uh, I met him at the uh, festival we did in Iowa, and we sort of became friends, and we kept, uh, we kept a uh, line going together. And um, um, he, you know, got a hold of me and Garnett, and he said, "I got a tour coming up, and uh, well, I don't know if you guys want to do it." You know, he he was in touch with Kim, and Kim couldn't tour at this point, so we decided to go out. We did a two-week tour, and it went very well, and um, the hang was really good. There was definitely chemistry there. We just did a show Saturday night, and it was just great. And it finally hit took a little while but it finally hit like we were playing together as a band and not just going through stuff and looking at each other how the songs end or anything so um we plan on doing a record with him and uh because he's on the same label we're on so that's what's going on with that and we're probably gonna you know i'm gonna talk to kim's wife and probably gonna do some you know some of kim's demos and uh take them and hopefully do them justice so that's one thing, and then we're gonna we're all working on writing some songs right now, and hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll come up with a real good record. You know, uh, you mentioned that uh, in 2009 you became part of the band, same as uh, Garnett. Garnett Graham. Right. We played together and recorded. Uh, actually, we recorded some records together. Um, uh, you know, with Kim and with some other people in, in our area. So yeah, there was a relationship there, and me and him always have just, you know, I don't even have to think, or you know, I can anticipate what he's going to do, and likewise with me with him. So um, it, that's another reason why the band we 
did what we did in the later part of Kim's recording career, I, I believe. Once again, it was the respect we had for each other, and we really listened to each other. And we didn't step on each other. It was just, uh, it was, you know, it's been playing for over 50 years. It, it doesn't happen all the time. Even if you're good friends, it just, the magic doesn't happen. And it, it, that's what I felt we were creating at that point. Well, you know, some of the best music, in my opinion, comes from power trios. Three yeah, people that stand there and just flat out lay it down. And uh, you may not, you know, you may not have the star power as double trouble, but I'm telling you, as a uh, rhythm section, you guys are solid. Solid. Thank you. Really yeah. appreciate that. So here you are. You're going to be with Sean Chambers, and uh, you know I know what kind of work he does. Uh, he's an incredible guitarist, great songwriter, and just a powerful presence on stage. Yep. Yeah, he slimmed down the band too. We're a trio. He, he used to have a keyboard player, but he's um, he really likes the power trio thing we do with him. Uh, it just you know it's just starting to happen now. I can't wait till we really start working more and and uh, get a record under our belt together. That'll be that'll be very good. You mentioned the difficulty during COVID going to see Kim. Rough right. time back then, rough time. and Terrible. Hopefully things on that East Coast are lightening up, man. They are tough to break. That is a tough eggshell to get through over there. Yeah. And, uh, uh, hopefully uh, everything is uh, coming back to, to normal. I'm, I'm not big on the new normal. There's no such thing to me but uh you know uh, uh hopefully it's getting back to normal and uh, you're able to do and and live as you were before the craziness yeah it, you know all over the world like we're in europe i remember um this guy was telling me uh he was our tour manager and he, he said like 92 percent of the country got vaccinated which was like i was kind of like surprised it was that high but europe really there's still some reservations about going out over there. There's still some issues with COVID that people have. And, um, but our, our shows were very well attended. I was, I was very happy with that because the way they were talking, I didn't think anybody was going to be at the shows. You know, I was like, mm, this is, this isn't sounding too good. But, um, yeah, this, this whole thing, it's not to get into it, but it was definitely, it was definitely odd. Well, we're glad, uh, Glad to see that things are coming back to normal for all the artists, man. It's great to be able to see them coming to town and filling the, fill the clubs, and, and life is good in the blues. Yeah. I just saw Buddy Guy, and he was really good. I got to be honest with you. He's, he's getting up there, but he was he did a great show. I saw him, then I saw Bonnie Raitt. I saw Tad Buenau. Uh I like him. He's very good. I've seen him a couple times, actually. And I got to see... Um, Oh, Lucinda Williams. Are you familiar with her? I am. Oh yeah, she's she did a great show. Uh, really good show. So I, I get to see some good acts come in. I try to I try to support the locals and any national act that comes in. I try to go in and see him. Alistair Green's another guy I like a real lot. Uh, got to meet him at, at the festival. He, he's really good. And Albert Castilla, Mike Zito. Oh yeah, the Blood Brothers. Yeah, uh, they got that new release out. I'll be playing some yeah. of that a little later. Yeah, I uh, I knew uh, Albert way back when he released uh, his uh, debut, Burn. You know, and uh -huh. and uh, KZUM was one of I think. 
10 stations that were playing it and he he always still holds us pretty high he remembers yeah that. that's good so, he's, a, he's hysterical man he's got a sense of humor he is and, and he's pretty much up front he, he oh, yeah. you know if he likes you or not i'll tell yeah, you yeah exactly Exactly. Uh, you know, he's, I hope they're they're going to be coming back on their tour. It doesn't look like for a while, but man, good luck with uh, Sean, and uh, you know, I hope uh, everything uh, really kicks off and uh, to another higher level for you. Me too. They would be nice, but if it doesn't, I got a, I got a suitcase full of good memories. And one great thing, man, you just able to step out from a bad situation into a good situation and uh you're not missing any work or or any uh work time at all are you no 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 and i actually i have a day job where i do it work and these guys are just like the last people i worked for they let me go on the road and do what i had to do and uh or have to do and they know that and it's that's great when people support you like that you know, uh, my hats off to you, um, IT stuff. I mean, that that literally is a great way of saying you're a geek. Correct? Is that about yeah. it? <laughs> no, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I got I got in this field. I've been in it forever, and uh, if you last couple of days, very trying for me. I took a network down. And it didn't come back up. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Pat. Um, when I'm at the computer and my my son's looking over my shoulder, it's kind of like he's looking at a lost pup. You know, you poor thing. You know, it's <laughs> so, come over with a box of crayons for you or anything. Pretty much, it's I pretty bad. Can't. It's pretty bad. But anyway, thanks again, man, for taking the time. It's been a pleasure, really. It was great talking to you. You made my day. So thank you so much for your time. Right? All right, and before I let you go, first off, tell me one of your favorite memories with uh, kim simmons and uh, before i let you go tell everyone where they can go to learn more about you um <laughs> i brought this up there's so many but one time he's telling the audience i love german food i love german people i love the german country i like german women he's going on and on and on and i'm looking and i'm like what the hell I go, I, i'm behind him and i go we're in belgium and he just looked at me. <laughs> he was in the wrong city. I mean, it wasn't even the wrong country. And, and uh, he looked at me. He goes into the song and starts playing. He comes over to me. He goes, "You got to tell me where we are." It was there was a big there was a good tour for us. We did like ten or twelve countries, I think, and uh, we we're off for about a month. And uh, you know, we we're all getting a little loopy at that point. So, so that that, that was funny. But there's so many. Believe me, there's I got so much stuff i could i could go on forever but that was uh that was a good one now do us all a favor and write a book so that we can yeah. all get a copy of it so. exactly exactly all right again eric tell us uh, where my listeners can go to learn more about you and and what you're up to well um you can go to savoybrown.com there's you know stuff there or go to sean's website uh seanchambers.com and uh, that's it and and uh, I just appreciate the support, and I really appreciate people coming to shows. And I hope we always give them a good memory to go home with when they leave. Not just entertain them that night, but give them something they can take with them for a while. All right. Well, I sure hope to uh, catch you live somewhere up here in the Midwest sometime. You ever get to coming up here with uh, Sean or, or whoever, you, you just drop me an email and let me know that you're on your way, all right? Well, I got your address now and your number, so we're all good. You got it. All right, man. Thanks again. And uh, take care of yourself, and uh, we hope to catch you later. Okay, you too. All right, we'll see you.
Be good, my friend. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. Man, what a great, uh, great guy. Bass player for uh, Savoy Brown for the last 12 years, Pat DeSalvo. And uh, they've got the new release out, Savoy Brown Blues All Around. And uh, we're going to finish off with the track here from that uh, release. It's called uh, Hunting Spell, right here on Highway Blues. Thanks for sticking around for the interview. I think it was pretty doggone good.